Thank you for joining the live broadcast of East Bay Bible Fellowship in Alameda, California. We pray that you'll be blessed by the worship and the preaching of God's Word. If you have any questions or would like to find out more about our service times and location, feel free to call us at 510-697-8220 or go to our website at ebbfellowship.com. That's ebbfellowship.com. Thank you and God bless. Let's give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. We love you. Oh, Jesus. Somebody say praise the Lord. I feel the presence of God in this place. And uh, wherever God is, I'm still old-fashioned enough to believe anything's possible. Yes. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. That's about half of you. Amen. How many of you believe that wherever God is, anything is possible? Hallelujah. I'm going to preach what God has put on my heart. And uh, I believe by the time this is all said and done, if we just tap into God, uh, we're going we're gonna to see some wonderful and beautiful things happen here. Can you say amen? We're going to go to the book of Micah. This morning, the book of Micah, the seventh chapter, and the eighth verse. Very familiar passage of scripture. I really feel a preach come on me. Hallelujah. I better feel something. I was getting beat up all night last night. And, uh, so... Hallelujah. Everybody there? You know, if you, don't, if you don't have a Bible, or if the person next to you doesn't have a Bible, we need to read this one. I want everybody to read it this time. Normally, I'll let you off the hook. But, uh, and if, you're, if you can't find the book of Micah and you're somewhere in the book of Matthew, keep looking until you find it. We need to all read this. Amen. Everybody there? Everybody there? Everybody there? Book of Micah, the seventh chapter, and the eighth verse says, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. I want you to see here, he doesn't say, if I fall, but he says, when I fall. He says, I shall arise. And look here, he goes from falling to sitting. He says, when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. When I fall, I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. And I'm going to preach to you for just a couple of moments this morning on this thought, predictions. Can we say that together? Predictions. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Jesus, we love you. 
We appreciate you. Jesus, I feel your presence. I'm asking you this morning, Lord, that you would stretch out into this congregation. I pray, God, that by the time the preaching of your word is over, I pray, God, that there would be healings in the bodies of people. I pray that there would be salvation poured out into the souls of these people. I pray, God, that there would be a renewing, a refreshing of your presence in this place. And I ask it all in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said a healthy amen. amen. Let's give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise. Shake your neighbor's hand and give them a great big God bless you before you're seated. Believe it or not, there is a thriving witch industry in Romania. For whatever reason, Romania has a lot of witches. And the witch industry in Romania has started coming under a great amount of pressure lately. The witches there are not as remote or obscure as they are here in the U.S. They don't just hide out in the alley and See if they can read a couple of palms before the day's over to collect a couple of bucks. They're actually quite affluent in many cases. And uh, in fact, much of their affluence is due primarily to the fact uh, that they have a great amount of sway over the public at large. And not just the general public, but time and time again uh, in Romania and in other Eastern blocs of Europe, the, the, the politicians and those of high society have been caught repeatedly uh, soliciting the advice of witches. Yes. But there's a certain aspect of these witches' craft that has begun to come under great scrutiny and it is getting them in great trouble. These witches many times say that they can contact the dead. They can... Uh, heal the sick, and countless other fanciful things. But it's not really that that is getting them in trouble. What's getting the witches in Romania in trouble is their predictions. In fact, as we speak, there are already uh, movements in the, in, the, uh, in the courts of law in Romania that are trying to penalize witches whose predictions don't come to pass. It's, uh, it's getting pretty hard to be a witch these days. Well, most of us here would probably agree that it's good for the government to get involved in people that go around giving false predictions. There's a problem, and our problem is that we are not, uh, we, are, we are demonstrating a little bit of bias in our logic. And... Uh, well, it may not be obvious to most of us here today, or even obvious at first glance, in all parts of the world, including the United States of America, amen, people and societies as a whole 
are very prediction friendly. Not only are we prediction friendly, but it would seem that we're overrun with predictions. And not only are we overrun with predictions, we're overrun with predictors. So much so that embedded into American society, as well as really almost any society for that matter, there is what you might call a prediction industry. It is actually one of the key contributors that helps in moving the affairs of everyday life. Our blindness to the prediction industry is due in part to the fact that they don't look like, sound like, and I guess you could say smell like witches. Hence, we don't tend to be very bothered by their presence or by their false predictions. And I know many of you are wondering now, who is the prediction industry? What are these people? Who are they? Where can they be found? Well, the truth of the matter is that they range from everyone and from everything, from political pundits to politicians, sportscasters, and weathermen. And there are many other kinds of predictions or establishments of predictions. Uh, in the military, they call them information and intelligence, but they are nothing more than predictors. America loves predictions. And uh, we listen to these predictors no less than daily. And these people repeatedly predict things that never do come to pass, and they suffer little if no public scrutiny at all. Nobody stops watching ESPN because the sportcaster failed to predict who was really going to win the game. No one stops checking the weather because the weatherman gets it wrong seven days a week. I'm looking for a weatherman that sticks his head out the window. You can call him a meteorologist or whatever you want. He's a predictor. There's a lot of soft science out there that you got to be careful for. The reason that the prediction industry stays employed in America is really quite simple. You and I and everybody else around us does not like surprises. We don't like surprises. The human race figured out long, a long time ago Amen. That the world can be a very wacky, wild, scary, and unpredictable place. And anyone, whether it's an individual or an industry, that can generate predictions that appear to be accurate and dependable will secure themselves a place in the environment where humans are trying to thrive. The truth of the matter, however, is that only God knows the future. And only God can declare what is and what is not going to happen. And the beautiful thing about God this morning is that he doesn't predict anything. He proclaims everything. If you are here this morning, I want you to know, if you can hear me this morning, I want you to know that you are in the presence of a God that is not looking to predict anything into your life. He is looking to proclaim something into your life. He is not looking... When it comes to your life, when it comes to the affairs of the world, when it comes to the beginning and the end of the universe, God is not guessing what is going to happen. God knows exactly what is going to happen. God knew you were going to be here. 
Come on, if you're looking for safety and comfort in life, I came to tell you this morning there's only one place you can find it, and that's in the presence of Almighty God. If you've been finding yourself scratching your head lately about what you're going to do, I'm telling you there's a God here today that can secure your future, erase your path. Furthermore, God has made it very clear that the future of all human affairs is in his hands. Revelations 1 and 8, God declares, I am Alpha, I am Omega, I am the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, amen, which was and which is to come, the Almighty. God spoke to the nations of the world in Isaiah 40 and 15. And he said, behold, the nations are as a drop of the bucket to me. Psalm 75 and 6 speaks to every politician and ambitious person in the world. And it says, for promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south. But God is the judge. He putteth down one and setteth up another. Proverbs 21 and 1 lets every president, king, and and potentate that's ever existed, it lets them know and says the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord as the rivers of the water. He turneth it whithersoever he will. I don't care if we're talking about a nation. I don't care if we're talking about a country. I don't care if we're talking about an individual. I don't care if we're talking about the most powerful man in the world. At the end of the day, he's got the whole world in his hands. I'm going to preach. I'm going to preach. I I really wish I was down there in the crowd right now, but I'm going to preach to you from right up here. Uh, Humans are fascinated with predictions. I remember listening to a political scientist one time who was invited to give a lecture, and uh, he ran out of words to say, and uh, he was telling his friend, he said, you know, uh, he, he was retelling the story. He said, you know, I, I didn't know what to, I, I was running out of words. And, and his friend told him, just predict something. He said, people love predictions. But our fascination with predictions works against us. You know, it's not just the weathermen. It's not just the pundits. You and me try to be predictors. You and I have, everyone has a predictor in their family. I know they might be sitting next to you, so you have to be quiet, but, but every family has them. Uh, we've all sat around dinner tables, bedrooms, living rooms, and, and, and maybe even in our own car, driving, speaking to ourselves, we, the predictor comes on. And I predict this will happen, and this will happen, and if this happens, then that'll happen, and and and, and I I I I just know for a fact. Right. Good. But our little fascination with predictions actually works against us, and the reason that it works against us is become we is because we become experts in fields that we have no business being experts in. Let me tell you something: there is nobody here. That is an expert in life. There's nobody outside of here that is an expert in life. Nobody has got life so, so, so tacked down 
that they got everything figured out. Not you, not your wise grandma, your wise grandpa, not your therapist, not your psychologist, not the president, not the government, not... There's no philosopher, there's, there's no preacher, there's no... Pro- Nobody's got life so tied down that they're an expert in life. Let me tell you, the only expert in life, amen, is Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way. I am... Predictions, the first problem with predictions is this, and I'm preaching to somebody. The first problem when we start to predict things, and whether we realize it or not, is that predictions can actually fool us into condemning ourselves. Talk about it. Our little, our little hang-up with predictions can actually work against us and that we will begin to condemn ourselves. The minute we think we have everything and everyone figured out, amen, it won't be long until we've become experts at, at, at writing people off. And that includes ourselves. Let me tell you something. You will fail. You will mess up. You will think you have everything figured out only to find out you got nothing figured out. You, 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 you've got to be careful because if you're not careful, you will end up locking yourself out of the blessings and the promises of God. All right. You will begin to predict to yourself what God can and cannot do for you. Right. And you know, there's no uglier person to look at in the mirror than yourself. We know our mistakes better than anybody else knows our mistakes. We know our failures better than anybody else knows our failures. But the problem with knowing our own failures and our own mistakes is that after a while we start predicting to ourselves, you know what, I don't think I can get out of this. I don't think I'm going to make it out of this. You know what, I don't think I have any hope. And before you know it, you're in a hole so deep. Hey, I came to preach to somebody. You don't even have the right to predict things over your own life. The only person that's got the right to speak anything into your life is God Almighty. And when God says you're through, that's when you're through. But if God hasn't told you that, brother, it's time to put your faith in God and believe. I got to preach right now. See, this is, this is, I'm, I'm preaching to somebody right, right now, this very second. There are people that have come into this building. You have come in predicting all kinds of stuff into your own life. You have been forecasting all kinds of stuff into your own life. You came in telling yourself it's going to be rain for the next seven years, cloudy skies all day. Brother, you have no idea what God can do in your life. Brother, you have no idea. I'm preaching to a woman right now. You're on your second marriage and you've been biting your nails wondering if this one's going to work out. I'll tell you what, if you put that marriage in God's hands, you'll be a happy woman. If you put that marriage in God's hands, you'll be one happy lady. But you got to get out from under predictions and get under the promises of God. God don't make predictions. God makes promises. And to... Oh, Jesus. You know, I know what it's like to be a drug addict. I'm not proud of that. 
You know, but you know the biggest problem with drugs and alcohol is it makes you a know-it-all. And it's incredible to me that people who are hooked on drugs and hooked on alcohol would have the audacity to think they know anything. You might know the cost, amen, of an eight ball, but that doesn't mean you know your future. You might know how many ounces. You might know when the 40 ounces go on sale at the liquor store, but that don't, that don't make you a know-it-all. You might know how to steal money out of your grandma's wallet, but that don't make you a know-it-all. You might know how to borrow money and never pay it back, but that don't make you a know-it-all. Come on, somebody, help me preach. Don't lock up on me now. I'm telling you that there's people here, the first thing you got to drop is your ego. The first thing you got to drop is your opinion. And you got to make your way up to this altar and declare, Lord Jesus, I don't know a thing. And I'm tired of living under predictions. I want to get under promises. You see, let me tell you something. When you're t- see, a lot of people will begin predicting stuff to themselves. They'll say, you know what? I'm pretty messed up right now, but I predict. Now, they don't say it like this, but I'm, 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 helping, I'm helping you articulate yourself. They'll say, I predict that if I just do this and this, I'll be out of here in just a minute. And you know what happens? Same thing as the weatherman. And you know, see, because I used to be quite the predictor. You know, you tell yourself, you know, this is what I'll do. I'll just, you know, I'm going to go ahead and start forecasting all kinds of stuff. I'll get a job. I'll get money. I'll get a car. I'll make it out. You even get people to lend you borrow, lend you money on those predictions. Hey, mom, I know this is the nth time I'm asking you for a hundred bucks, but listen, I'm going to have a job in a week. Haven't even filled out an application. I can feel the air leaving the room right now. Hey, listen, I got this thing lined up. You ain't got nothing lined up. The only line you got is all crooked. And, 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 and nothing happens. Let me tell you something. This is, this is way off. I'm, I'm, I'm going way off the, the bell curve here. Listen. It does you no good to make yourself promises. You know why? Because if you haven't figured it out yet, you're not always willing to make the promises you make to yourself. I, I, we all been there. You know, there's people here. There, there's people here. They're sitting here right now. They're hungry. They're ready to go. And they're promising themselves that when they go eat, they will not eat cheesecake. But it does them no good to do that. You can make yourself all the promises in the world. Your palate doesn't change according to your promises. You will, the Bible, when the Bible talks about sinful humanity, it says it opposes itself. 
But there's a beauty about making promises to God. Because when you make promises to God, He can make promises back. And listen, God's more willing than you're willing to get you out of your... I don't care if we're talking about heroin or cheesecake. God's more willing than you are to get you out of your situation. But you need to quit leaning on yourself, forecasting to yourself, promising to yourself. You need to surrender it all. Lift your hands to Jesus and say, I need help out of this hole. I'm tired. Come on, somebody. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. God has stepped into this place. God's trying to help somebody here this morning. Hey, hey, you know what? There's, there's women here. There's a woman here. You're scrambling with all you got to keep your husband. You're starting to dress funny. Look funny. You're doing all kinds of stuff you never thought you'd do. Just to keep a man. And, and you're doing it all on predictions. Well, if I let my neckline get lower, he'll stay. If I let my clothes get tighter, he'll stay. If I get pregnant, he'll stay. Oh, it's getting tight. You came to the wrong church this morning. Well, the right church. Hey, you listen to me. Number one, if he wants to leave, let him leave. But number two, if he's worth keeping, God will help you to keep him. You won't have to demoralize yourself. You won't have to get pregnant when you keep. You won't. You won't have to go out looking like a disco queen. You won't. You won't have to make a fool of yourself. I'm telling you, you can, you can tell God, you know what, God? I'm tired of being out outside of your promises. I'm tired of living under predictions and forecasts. I want to live under prophecy. I want to live under promises. I want to live under your word. God, bring me under the power of your word. God, touch my family. God, touch my marriage. God, touch. You got to be careful that you don't predict against yourself. You know, there was a time in my Christianity. This is good for everybody. There was a time in my Christianity where I was struggling with all kinds of things. Don't look, don't look now, but the person next to you is struggling. (laughs) That's right. The person next to you is tripping. That's right. That's right. You ain't made it until you made it. <laughs> That's good theology. You have not made it until you made it. You might act like an angel, but I see the horns.
started, I started trying to figure out all my problems. I started reading all kinds of books, started doing all kinds of things. And you know, you know, one day God told me, God said, you are what I say you are. Put that book down. You are what I say you are. And I will bring you up out of this. But quit trusting in yourself. Quit trusting in somebody else. Quit plumbing dead brains. Hey, I've read every kind of psychology, self-help, you name it kind of book. You know what? Half of those guys are dead and gone. But you can get into the word of God and that is a living brain. You, you can get into God's word and God's promise. God will tell you things about... God will declare things about you that your therapist would never dare say about you. God will say, you know what? You are a new creature. Your therapist will say, you're nothing but an old fuddy-duddy. You're washed up. I doubt you'll ever change. God will say, I refute that. You can change. You hey, we serve a God that can show old dogs new tricks. We serve a God that can get all drunks off alcohol. We serve a God that can get all... Yes. Hey, not everybody here has been in church since, since they were little kids. There's a lot of folks There's a lot of folks here that came in when we were old, nasty, disgruntled, bitter, angry people. And yet in spite of all that, God still helped us. Amen. In spite of all that, God still took care of the past. In spite... Hey, you know, we talk about the Bible has what's called the, the hall of faith. Yeah. Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith. Well, you know, there's another hall in the Bible we don't talk a lot about. It's a lot bigger than the hall of faith. It's the hall of who would have ever thought. There is a hall in the Bible and it starts in Genesis and it ends in Revelation. Of who would have ever thought people that were that were so God so far from God they were such a mess that who would have ever thought God could have helped them or anybody could have helped them but God did a work in their life can I can I talk to you for just a moment about a woman named Mary Magdalene in Luke's gospel it says that she was among the 12 that she was among the 12 disciples and that she was a certain woman which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities Mary called Magdalene out of whom went seven devils here is a woman that was crazy she was out of her mind she had a bad reputation she was full of seven devils who would have ever thought I'll tell you who would have ever thought Jesus if Jesus can deliver Mary Magdalene brother he can deliver we got a couple ex Mary Magdalene's here this morning they don't talk about it but they used to hear funny voices and God set them free they don't talk about it but they used to have some funny diseases and God healed them they don't talk about it See, I'm so sick of experts. I'll tell you, the only expert you need to plug into is Jesus. 
if you fall a thousand times in a day, you need to get back up, open up that word, lay your hands on it, and say, God, you said I can have victory. You said I can have peace. You said I can be free. You... it's funny you know (laughs) you know why drug addicts keep doing drugs because they're essentially trying to recapture the original high it's true that's true and they'll, they'll keep trying and trying and trying and trying until they get that high back or it at least feels like the first time they did you know I wish we had that much tenacity about the promises of God. I wish we would take it to God until we got the original promise living, breathing inside of us. If God said, I can be free, I want to be free. You don't need to trivialize what free means. I'll tell you what free means. It means free. Free means free. Free means free. Libre. Free means free. It means no chains. It means no shackles. It means no bondage. It means joy. It means happiness. When God said free, he meant free. You know, truth. Let's have a moment of truth here. It's easier to preach somebody out of a sinful life I have seen people, I've, I've, been a, I've preached in services, I've preached in services here where I've seen people come up to the altar, throw their cigarettes down, throw down their vices, take the earrings out of their, their piercings out of their face. I've been there when I've seen people forsake it all at the altar. I've seen people give it all up right there in seconds. Yeah. But you know, you know what's really hard for people to lay down at the altar? Their opinion. I'll even let you off the hook. I don't care if you're opinionated about everything. But when it comes to you and whether or not you can make it and whether or not you will be saved, you need to throw your opinion to the wind and ask God his opinion. And you know what you're going to find out? You're going to hear a voice from heaven say, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can keep you. I can save you. I can help you. I can love you. I can... I have yet to pray about any problem in my life and hear God tell me, I don't know what I'm going to do either. You know what? God always knows what he's going to do. He always knows how to do it. He may not do it when I want him to, but he'll do it right on time and he'll do it right every time. We could talk about Legion. Here's a who would have ever thought. The Bible says of him that after he was delivered of a legion of devils, the Bible says, how be it? Listen, this guy was, this guy was incredible. He got delivered from all kinds of devils. He told Jesus, he said, Jesus, I want to follow you. This guy was worse than anybody you've ever seen. He ran around the graveyard naked, cutting himself. He couldn't even be bound with chains or fetters. Everybody was scared of him. Let me tell you something. 
the experts had definitely wrote him off. The predictors, the, the people forecasters definitely declared him a lost cause. You know, you know what makes me a little upset right here? We're going to take a little time out in the basketball court. Because this might go into overtime. There's people here in suits, nice dresses, nice clothes. They don't think I'm talking to them. There's people here. You're all dressed up. You're snazzy. You even got a title over your name. And you know what? You're all twisted. You're twisted up in your head. You're messed up. For, you know, I didn't really want to say this for the visitor's sake. I'm going to say this now for the visitor's sake and for everybody else's sake. The devil, the devil is quite the prognosticator. The devil is quite the, the meteorologist. The devil is quite the predictor. And you know what? There's people here, you're sitting under the sound of my voice, and the devil's been predicting and forecasting to you, you will not be here one year from now. You're going to do this, and then you're going to do that. I'm going to get you to go this way, and you're, gonna, and you're sitting there as I'm preaching, acting like I'm not talking to you. Devil's been telling you, you know what? This will be over soon. You can get out of here, make out with your boyfriend. You can get out of here and you can get out of here quick. Listen, when the devil starts, you know what I mean? see the devil. The devil's a punk, but listen, he's a smart punk, and, and and the devil, the devil will predict things in detail. The devil doesn't predict things in vagueness. And listen, let's let's just clear the air here because it's only us and Jesus. You know, I'm 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 just I didn't I, I'm I'm trying to be socially acceptable here but I'm, I'm losing it at this point those little negative feelings that ain't negative feelings that ain't negative vibrations honey that's a demon it is a demon from the belly of hell nope they might not tell you that at pastor chips church down the street but I'm fixing to tell you it's a devil and it wants to kill, it wants to steal, it wants to destroy and you need to get up this morning and you need to declare to the devil I'm tired of this voice I'm not going back, I'm not turning around, I'm going to get the help of God you see brother Knudsen this is, what, this is what's going on as I'm preaching. As I am preaching. Not when I'm done. As I'm preaching. The devil's got his little hoof on somebody's shoulder. And he's, he's, pre he's out preaching me word for word. He's going word for word. And there's people, visitor and church saint alike. They're sitting there. Amen in the devil. And devil, the devil's telling them in no vague terms at all. Six months from now, three months from now, one week from now, I'm going to get you out of here. You know, even better yet, nope, not maybe a lot of people won't tell you this. The devil is so good at his craft that he'll even convince you that his voice is your voice. And when things sound like it's your voice, it always sounds so logical. It always sounds so justified. It always sounds so right. 
I'm telling you, if you would just, see, I don't like preaching like this because then I get whooped on when I get home. But you know what? I'll take the whooping for you, partner. You need to, I'm telling you, we need to pull the mask off the devil. We need to pull the mask off the devil. We need to pull the mask off the devil. It's not you. It's a devil. That devil that's telling you you can go out of here. You can call the dope man. You can get out of here. You can call your boyfriend. You can get out of here and keep living like it's the voice of the devil. You need to rebuke that voice and say, Nuh-uh, devil. I'm coming under the promises of God. You know what? Because I'm, you know, okay, let's be real. I'm, I'm way off track. But some of y'all are way off track. You know, there are people, listen, you're good people. You're okay. You're okay. I'm not making fun of you. But there are people that after every service, they want to they, they wanna share their problems with people. And they're so good at sharing their problems, they've even devised a hundred different ways to share the same problem. There are some external barometers that you can use to know when the devil is fooling with you. Number one, this is not in my message, numero uno. Fear. The Bible says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. If you are afraid, that is not the voice of God. That is not even the voice of logic or reason. No, 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 my friend. That is the voice of a spirit. I don't care what you're afraid of. There's people here you're afraid of not washing your hands. Others of you are afraid you're going to die of cancer. Others of you are afraid that so-and-so is going to leave you. Others of you are afraid that your husband's already cheating on you. Others of you, you're afraid you're going to lose your house. Let me tell you something. Fear is not of God. I don't care whether we're talking about health, houses, money. If you're afraid, it's not of God. It's not of God. It's not of God. It's not... You see, but let's clarify something before we start thinking I'm preaching pie in the sky. I'm not saying you're not going to lose your house. I'm not saying you're not going to die. You know, you know what's powerful? is The Apostle Paul is, is on a missionary trip. And he's about to step on a boat. And, and God sends an angel and says, Paul, this boat's going down. but I'll be going down with you. This boat is going to capsize and you will barely make it. But I will be there with you. You see, you might lose your house, but God will not let you be afraid of that. See, you might die, but God will walk right through. Come on. I know what David's talking about when he said, yay. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. 
Honey, when you go through cancer, it won't be like when everybody else is going through cancer. When you lose your home, it won't be like when everybody else. You can lose your home, die of cancer, and not be without a dollar, but you'll have peace in your mind about it. If you don't have peace, it's a death. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hey, you might be raising little kids on your own, little niños everywhere. All got different dads. might be thinking to yourself, I need to start throwing these kids off to the adoption agency. I need to run. I need to leave them with my mom, my dad. I need to run. I ain't got no help. I'm, I'm, I'm 18. I'm 20. I'm not going to make it. I got news for you. There's somebody here that will help you make it. Hey, I got news for you. There's somebody that will help you raise the niños. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. He'll... You know, you know, I can say that because I've seen them do it. I know the predictors will tell you you probably need to give them up. I know the predictors will tell you they're all going to be vagabonds, cholos, vatos, gangsters, and fornicators. I know what the predictors will say. I got to, I, you know what, scratch the prediction. I got a promise for you. I got a promise for you. Blessed is the man that puts his trust in him. trying to preach people out of predictions and get you under promises. Hey, I got, I got news for you. There's a lot of people here. They were nothing more than a prediction, but they got under the promise and the prophecies of God, and God turned it all around, uh, and they're everything they shouldn't be. They're, they got jobs they shouldn't have. They got marriages they shouldn't. Hey, you know what? I need to be quiet. You know, okay. Whatever. Okay, you know what? There was a time in my life as a Christian, Holy Ghost filled, tithe paying, go out to eat after Sunday night Christian. And I really thought I was going nuts. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I mean, I'm talking about I need to go to the hospital now. where all the pink rooms are. And you know, one day I was chilling in my room, as nutty people do. And, and it dawned on me. I said, you know, I wasn't born this way. 
might have been a nutty kid, but I never felt nutty. Not only did I not, not only was, did I, I didn't feel nutty as a kid, I didn't feel nutty one year ago. In fact, I didn't feel nutty six months ago. And slowly and surely, the cover started coming off. And I started thinking, this ain't me. Sounds like me, but it ain't me. Sounds logical, but it's not logical. And I, and I said to myself, and it was a, it was a struggle. The, the biggest struggle, the biggest struggle was detaching myself from, from the voice and saying, you know what? I don't receive this. I rebuke this. I don't care what it says. I don't care how legitimate it sounds. I don't care how true it is. I reject this in. You know, the other day, the other day, last time I was here in Washington, I went out to this real, real quick story to bore you. Um, I went out to this, you know, there's this place out here. Some of you may have been there. I was texting Brother Mail. You know, we, we were hanging out at the hotel. I said, you know what? We're going to the zoo. We're going to the zoo. I didn't know Spokane didn't have a zoo. But, but I figured, you know, they have an Apple store. They must have a zoo. So to my dismay, there's no zoo in Spokane. But there's, an animal, there's a cat zoo here in Spokane. It's called Cattails. If you've never been there, go. It's $8. Awesome. They, they, have some of, they have one of the largest lions in all the world right there. Uh, it, and in fact, it's the MGM lion. I, this is just all, I'm, this is a plug for them because I like them. <laughs> it's the MGM lion. It, it's this massive beast huge and so (laughs) this is good stuff I'm having fun I know you're not I know the chairs are hard you've you've whatever (laughs) yeah they're not as hard as if you stand up (laughs) but (laughs) so and I need to wrap this up so I'm there's something, you, those of you who live in Spokane may not know, there's something called the Spokane Vortex Effect. Okay, and this is known the world over. It's called the Spokane Vortex Effect. And apparently here in Spokane, you guys got a lot of nutty people. Several months ago, I was reading a book on endangered animals that people keep in harbor. And... Uh, uh, it was about people who, who have weird animals and pets at home. There's a whole chapter in this book. I'm reading it. I'm shocked. It's called the Spokane Vortex Effect. And apparently, there's something in the head of people in Spokane that, that is inclined to keep strange and exotic animals. You have all kinds of people here that get arrested for it all the time. And uh, so I knew this. I knew that people in Spokane were weird. And so, so I asked the zookeeper, I said, I said, how did this zoo start? 
because it's like a small operation, but there's just cats everywhere. And she said, well, believe it or not, she said, we started by taking in lions and tigers that people were keeping in their house. Oh, you'd be amazed what people harbor. Are you kidding? There's, there's people here, you harbor all kinds of crazy stuff. But that's not even what I'm preaching about. We'll preach that some other day. But everywhere I went, there was these little plaques in front of every animal. And it said, don't run, you look like food. I'm preaching to somebody right now. It's not time to run. It's not time to go away. You need to stand up to some things and you need to start declaring, I don't receive that. I reject that. I refute that. That is not what the word of God says about me. That is not what the promises of God say about me. I don't need to receive this. God said I can have joy. I will have joy. I'm not running. I'm not food. I'm not, I'm not prey. Let's stand. I'm done. Oh, Jesus. The Holy Ghost just came in this place right now. Don't. Don't run. Don't run. You look like food. See, I've been preaching long enough to know there's people that come into church with running on their mind. And when the service gets to this point, they break out. They say, you know what? Too much. Too much. I'm not any crazier than the voice in your head is. I'm not any wilder than you are. I know you act cool, calm, and collective here. But when you walk out of here, you think crazy things. You you see, God has no problem with matching up. And God will match you up. God God will go chest to chest with your issue. And God God will be just, just as brash as your problem is. Because we're talking about war. We're talking about captives and prisoners. This is not a game. What's going on in here, people's lives hinge on this stuff. I speak this prophetically to somebody today. If you will come up here with nothing short of guts and tenacity and stand in face of all the voices, in the face of all the pressure, in the face of all the pushing and all the, all the stress and strain, all the tug of war. Listen, I learned a long time ago, the devil screams the loudest when he's just about to go out. That's good preaching. 
If you're getting ants in your pants right now and you're ready to wiggle your way out of here, trust me, it's about to leave. But don't leave with it. You need to let that voice know. You need to let that addiction know. You need to let those pressures know. You need to let that double life know. You need to let that, 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 that lying spirit know. You know what? The only one leaving here today is you. Is you. I will not run. I'm, st I'm staying and I'm standing on the promises of God. Listen, predictions are for sinners. Promises are for saints. I'm way done. I'm, I'm over my time limit. God has told me to be quiet. If you want deliverance today, I want you to come up here quickly, quickly. Don't, no, nobody kneel. We're going to stand in the face of the enemy today. You know, I am not going to go. I am not a car salesman. Y'all know me. I know you. This is not, this, I'm not even playing. Do not wait for somebody to rub you on the back, give you a massage, and warm you up to get up here. You know what? Forget that. Come up. Come up. Don't wait for your mom to go get you, your grandma to go get you. Don't wait for me to come get you. Come up. 